as I have uh, mentioned and uh, I have made reference in the last few weeks about just so many different people that I have come across that are really, really, really having a, a really difficult time, just going through some very difficult times of hurt and despair and struggle. Um, it, it never is really different. Just sometimes it just comes uh, a, a little bit more overwhelming than, than in other times. And I've just kind of felt that the last, really actually since the beginning of the year. For that reason, I guess if you've noticed, that's the reason why I've been trying to just uh, come to the Word of God and, and, and thank God that we have the promises of God in the Word of God. You know, uh, let, let me just uh, real quickly in passing tell you this. Always lead your life by truth. Don't, don't be controlled by emotions or feelings. Emotions or feelings, they, they, they will pay tricks on you, but truth never changes. Act upon truth, you know, and, and it is very difficult during uh, adversity and trials and, 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 and anxiety to, to not have emotions get a hold of you and begin, began to control you. You've heard me say several times, not everything you feel is true. Feelings do not equal truth. We don't live by feelings, we live by truth. Is it wrong to feel? No. But our feelings always need to be governed by the truth of the Word of God. Because God's Word is true. And as I was thinking of the message this morning and what I wanted to share, uh, I, I doubt whether there's anybody here that, that hasn't uh, at one time or another uh, heard or read or, or listened to the reference in, in the 31st verse that say, but they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up as wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not be faint. It'd be difficult to find somebody that hasn't at one time or another come across that passage or heard it. I want to speak to you for a few minutes this morning on finding strength in the Lord finding strength in the Lord. Now, let me give you a little bit of background in which this was written. Uh, God's people were in captivity. They were suffering the consequences of their disbelief and the disobedience to God. Now, mind you, we, we live in a day where we want to believe that we can just do whatever we want and there are no consequences. There are consequences. There are consequences. And, and, and God's people are now living these consequences. And in that context, they, they were in despair. They, they were in anxiety. They, they were in a place where they thought God has abandoned us. God has forgotten about us. God, you know, doesn't even know where we're at. God is indifferent. God is apathetic. 
You know, as it is, that in ancient times, that was the common belief. Of all the false gods that, that the pagan people worshipped, there, there was this belief that, that whatever gods there were or false gods that they you know, paid allegiance to were kind of just aloft and you know, just not really too interested in, 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 in what was going on in the life of the common folk, apathetic and different. And so what he, what he says here towards the end of the chapter is in response to, to where they were and what they were thinking and, and the discouragement that they were experiencing. Verse 27, he says, Why sayest thou, O Jacob, and speakest, O Israel, my way is hid from the Lord, and my judgment is passed over from my God? Why are you saying, why, why do you... Why do you believe that, 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 that I have forgotten about you or that, you know, because it, 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 the expression is sort of this. It seems like if God doesn't see what's going on around here, yeah, he does. But that's a typical response. Because, again, we, we would like to think that we can do whatever we want and live however we want and not pay attention and, 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 and disbelieve that takes us to disobedience and that there, there won't be no consequences. Let me tell you just right off the bat, it's just an unbelievable, encouraging thing. They were in this situation because they disobeyed God. And God is trying to encourage them. That, that's very encouraging to me. Because, of course, I know I'm the only one that ever disobeys God. Amen. Man, it just unbelievable. It is awesome to think. How great is our God? How wonderful is our God? I mean, there are times in this book, and I'm not, I'm not going to set that aside, but th th we're not dealing with that. There are times in this book that God reminds them, yeah, well, listen, don't forget why you are where you're at. Don't, don't forget that these consequences have come because you, you chose to go after false gods and, and do, not believe me and not obey. There are, there, but here, he's encouraging them. What a blessing to know that, that when, when we fail, and, and, and we do fail, we, we do fail. Me. me. Not, not, not anybody else here. Me. I'm talking about myself. What a blessing and encouragement to know that even in, in that situation and when we have failed our God, he's there to encourage us. Man, I'm, I'm excited for you, man. I, mean, I know you're not very excited, but I'm excited for you and for me too. I'll tell you who's excited, those of us that blow it. There's about two of us here. We, we all hear, uh, you know, and, and we love it. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as, and, and, you know, we hear that. And we, uh, so much of the Bible sometimes is, is taught and preached out of context. And we need to understand. So, so we understand scripture. We understand the setting in which these things are said. And those are very encouraging words, but we need to 
mm, kind of understand what was going on and the reason why they were discouraged, the reason why they were in the, in, in, in the state of mind and heart that they were in because it, it, it really kind of means all the more. When a child of God, when you and I fail, there is no reason for that person to end up with his life as a failure. I'll repeat that. When a child of God fails, and we all fail, there is no reason for that child of God to end up a failure. God is good. And he's always there to encourage you. You know, I, I just, I don't understand why a, a Christian will just, you know, uh, disobey God, begin to suffer the consequences of that, and then in response say, well, you know what, forget all this, man. Just, you know, I, I tried this God thing, I guess it didn't work. No. A thousand times, no, not, not in the light of the wonderful and the great God that we have. But this is where Israel was. This is where Jacob was. He's talking representative of the two different groups and tribes that were divided from the time of Solomon's son. But he's saying, Jacob, Israel, why, why are you saying, why do you think that I don't know what's happening? Because they were saying, I don't, doesn't God see what's going on around here? Yeah, he does. He does. And the first thing that I want us to see as we seek to find strength in the Lord in whatever we face is that God does not turn a blind eye against you. Why sayest thou, O Jacob, and speakest, O Israel, my way is hid from the Lord, and my judgment is passed over from my God? Hast thou not known, hast thou not heard that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, fainteth not, neither is weary? There is no searching of his understanding. So the first thing he says to, to God's people is, look, I, I've not turned a blind, blind eye against you. I mean, you, you may think that I don't know what's going on. I, I know exactly what's going on. You know, it, it's a great blessing for me to know, and we'll get into this in just a second, that an omniscient, an omnipotent, and a sovereign God knows to the, to the, the, the most minute detail everything that is going on in my life. It's comforting. It's a blessing. How, how well is, is God aware of everything? Well, not only does he not turn a blind eye against you, he, he knows everything. He sees everything. In the 20, 121st Psalm, the psalmist says this, Behold, he that keepeth Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. And in Isaiah, he, he's telling Israel, Look, I, you're wrong if you think that I, I'm indifferent or apathetic or I've turned a blind eye against you, that I don't know what's going on. 
Uh, the Lord is thy keeper, verse 5. The Lord is the shade upon thy right hand. The sun shall not smite thee by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord shall preserve thee from all evil. He shall preserve thy soul. The Lord shall preserve thee, thy going out and thy coming in from this time forth, even forevermore. He had told Israel. I, I, I'm not asleep at the helm here. But what, what Israel was expressing is, is a reflection of our humanity. Haven't we all felt like that sometimes? I wonder if God knows what's happening. Maybe we know that he does, but we're like, I wonder if he, man, don't, don't you see what's going on here? That's another thing that's encouraging to me is that I find... Uh, you know, people in the Bible that were just kind of like you and me. Amen. For sure. For sure, God is saying to his people, for sure that, that he is not as gods that are no gods at all. Remember when, when, when Elijah challenges the false gods of Baal? Remember how he, he, he gathers the false prophets of Baal and, and, and these guys, are, they're, they're jumping and they're shouting and they're, 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 they're cutting themselves and they're calling out to their God. And, 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 uh, and Elijah you know, comes and he, and, he, and he begins to mock them and, and he says in, in the 27th verse, cry aloud for he, he is a God. Either he, he is talking or he is pursuing or he's in a journey, or you know, kind of maybe he's on vacation, or peradventure, maybe he's he's asleep and he needs to be awakened. We draw strength in knowing that that God never slumbers. God is aware. He's not indifferent. He's not distant. He's not apathetic to to your situation, and for sure, he's not ignorant about what's going on. But Israel felt that. And so, sometimes, it is with us. Lord, Lord don't you see what's happening? Well, yeah, he does. He does. But look at the next thing that he says, returning to Isaiah chapter 40. Hast thou not known... Has thou not heard that the everlasting God, that means the eternal God, that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, feigneth not, neither is he weary. There is no searching of his understanding. So God is, is, is not turning a blind eye against you. Secondly, God is not unaware Neither is he weak, and neither is he indifferent. Don't you know? Haven't you heard? First of all, God is, et is eternal. You know, we have a problem with that. Because he's infinite. We're finite. We, we, we don't look beyond what's in front of our nose most of the time. 
We've been talking a lot about the sovereignty of God. The sovereignty of God very simply means that behind the scenes, God is in control. You, you might not think that he is. You, you, you might not see that he is. And sometimes, you know, years go by and then you, wow, he was there all the time. Of course he, he was. He's sovereign. He's eternal. And one of the, the things that will help you and lift you up is, is the understanding that because God is eternal, he, he means, just as he desired for Israel to, to be a blessing to all the nations of the world, To proclaim, to proclaim the only one and true God. And, and they, they faltered and they failed in, in this duty. But it's going to go a long way helping us that it's not about what you and I want. It's his purpose. Amen. I mean, uh, when somebody is going through a tough time, <clears throat> how many times doesn't somebody come and they'll quote Romans 8, 28. Oh, brother, just, hey, all things work together for good, man. Just, you know, hang in there. Uh, that's kind of the short of it. You see, that really doesn't bring much comfort because they, they don't get it. You got to keep reading. The Bible says all things work together for good to those that love God that are called according to his purpose. See, a lot of the trouble that we're having is that we, we want God to follow our agenda. A lot of the trouble we're having is that we, we, we decide, we do, and they just, you know, okay, you just put your stamp of, of approval. God's purposes are eternal. He is an eternal God. And, and we will struggle with that because we're, you know, he's infinite. We're, we're finite. We lack of understanding of, of his purposes sometimes. But you know, I, I thank God that he is God. Uh, folks, if he wasn't eternal, he wouldn't be God. So, you know, he's, he's saying, now, haven't you heard? Don't, don't you know that he is eternal? The everlasting God, and then it says, the Lord. The Hebrew word that comes from the root Adonai. It's talking about the one who governs. One who controls. Please remember, they're in this situation, in this, this, this state of of affairs because they decided that he was not going to be their Lord. There's, there's a, a big distance between Jesus being your Savior and him being the Lord of your life. We, we believe that salvation is by, by faith through grace. We don't believe in Lordship salvation. Well, I'll tell you something, as a child of God, you decide you're going to do your own thing and govern your own life and be in control of, of, of everything that you do in life, you'll never know God's blessings. 
And you will constantly be in a situation that, that lends itself to discouragement and to depression. And, uh, you know, because we, we need to understand that he is God. He is a sovereign God. And, and he is Lord. Amen. Someday he will be back again. And the Bible says, we're talking about this on Thursday, that, that, that when he comes back with, with the army of believers to, 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 this, to, to this world, uh, riding on that white horse, the Bible says that on his thigh it is written, Lord of Lord and King of Kings. We just need to get it right now. He says, haven't you heard? God's not unaware. He's not indifferent. He's not apathetic. He's definitely not weak. The creator of the ends of the earth. He feigneth not, neither is he weary. There is no searching of his understanding. He knows everything. In other words, he's omniscient. Don't you know that? I love the insight that David gives us in the 139th uh, chapter of the book of Psalms when he says, O Lord, thou hast searched me and known me. Thou knowest my downsitting, my uprising. Thou understandest my, my thoughts afar off. You know what I'm thinking? Way afar off, he says. Thou compasseth my past and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. You know when I'm getting up. You know when I'm lying, lying down. For there is not a word in my tongue, but lo, O Lord, thou knowest it altogether. You know what I'm going to say before it's in my mouth. Thou hast beset me behind and before and laid thine hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain it. Man, that's encouraging to me. You know why that's encouraging to me? I, I don't know if... if it might be like this with some of you, but sometimes I'm, I'm sitting at the edge of my bed and I don't know if I'm lying down or I just got up. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Am I lying down or, or did I just get up? Or, you know, just, I, I'm very busy. I, you know, and I guess, you know, old age, you kind of just don't sleep much anymore. But, but man, I, I, I'm glad he knows. Amen. So he's telling Israel, look, I, I see, I know what's going on, and, and I'm not weak. I know everything about what's going on. I'm, I'm very much well aware, and neither am I apathetic. Jesus said this in, in, in the 12th chapter of the book of, of Luke, are, are not five sparrows sold for two farthings? He's talking about the most insignificant sacrifice that somebody could have brought to the temple because of poverty. A sparrow was worth nothing. And he, he uses these things for a reason, for a purpose. He says, are, are not five sparrows? Or, he, he say, man, I, I'm talking to you about the, the, the cheapest thing that you could ever present as a sacrifice. And not one of them is forgotten before God. Verse 7 of Luke 12 says, but even the very hairs of your hair are all numbered. Including those that you don't have. Sorry, Brother Cuss. The very hairs of your head are, are numbered. Fear not, therefore, ye are of more value 
than many sparrows. This is is God's people. Jacob, Israel. Yes, they were in the situation that they were in because of their disobedience, because of their disbelief in God. But here's the Lord encouraging them and telling them, no, uh, I haven't hid my eyes from you. I'm very well aware. And no, it's not that the the situation is beyond me. Uh, uh, No, God is not weak. He, 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 He is not apathetic or indifferent. Job, in the midst of all the trial that he was facing, in the 42nd chapter, the second verse, he says, I know that thou canst do everything and that no thought can be withholding from thee. In spite of my situation and circumstance, Job is saying that there's nothing you can't do. That there's not even a thought that is hidden from you and there's nothing that you cannot do. Jeremiah chapter 32, verse 17, the prophet states the following, Ah, Lord God, behold, thou hast made the heaven and the earth by thy great power and stretched out arm. There is nothing too hard for thee. Jesus, when he had spoken about how it was easier for the, a, a, a camel to go through the eye of a needle than a rich man to get it to heaven and, and, and the disciples are, are, are pondering on this teaching and, and, and their response is, Lord, if that's the case, I mean, who in the world can be saved? And Jesus answers and says, with men this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. You know the greatest proof of that there isn't a situation, a circumstance that God, as impossible as it may be, cannot deal with in your life? He saved you. Nobody gets excited about that because you don't understand that salvation is a miracle. See, we, we think of a miracle and we think of, you know, where we're, We've thrown ourselves to the sensational and to, and to, no, no. For, for, a, for man to be saved is an impossibility. It's an impossibility. That's why the disciples blurted out, Lord, then who can be saved? And, and Jesus just answered, that's why I'm here. Amen. Salvation, you know, people today, they're, they're wanting to see miracles. There's no greater miracle than salvation. We are saved in Jesus Christ and only through the sacrifice of his blood that has paid for our complete debt that we had with God. And what I'm trying to say is that if, if he has done the utmost, will he not do that which is less? Amen. And everything else that you can think of, really, it's really nothing in comparison to eternity. And the fact that in him, we now have eternal life. So no, God is not weak. He's, he, 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 he's not uh, hidden his eyes from you. He, but what he does want 
you to understand is that he does not expect us to rely on our own strengths and our own abilities. Look at what he says there in, in the 29th and in the 30th verse. He giveth power to the faint, and to them that have no might, he increaseth strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. This interesting play on words here. The Hebrew is, is speaking about choosing, in fact, he's not just talking about any young men. He's talking of, uh, uh, of the choosing of men for a special detail in warfare. If you would allow, I, I, I would say, putting together or picking out a team of special forces. So, what is he saying? You know, that youth in comparison to those of us that are a little advanced in years. He's saying it really doesn't matter. Somebody's competence, somebody's strength, somebody's ability, somebody's knowledge, somebody's talent. Pick out the elite, if you will. It doesn't matter. It doesn't come near or, or does it ever compare. We want to see God's power, and, and we want to see God's strength. The problem is that just, we're just too full of ourselves. You see, he gives strength, but the Bible says that he, he gives power to the faint. But the problem is that they, there ain't nobody faint. You, you, you greet Christians, I, I, you know, I greet preachers all the time and Christians. I'm just like, I just, I approach people and, you know, hey, man, how, how's it going, they ask. How's it going? And, and the answer, the automatic answer is, oh, man, it's doing great. And he's lying through his teeth. Sometimes I'll, I'll rattle, well, a lot of times I'll rattle people because they, hey, pastor, uh, how's it going? Everything going great? No. I, I say that and they're like, they don't know what to answer, like, no. Because they were expecting, oh, yeah, man, just, you know, living in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Not everything is always going right. I, I want to tell you something you, you don't want to hear. We're weak. As long as... As you resist that thought, you will never know the power of God. He gives strength to the faint. The most elite won't cut it. That's what he's saying. Give me the most elite special force uh, group of soldiers, and, and he says, and, and for warfare, and, and, and they will not cut the mustard. They, 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 they won't cut it. And he's trying to help us to understand that, that he doesn't want us to live, to, to live this life, to face things in life, to face challenges and adversity in our own strength and our own abilities. 
The psalmist said it this way, some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord our God. Amen. There is no king saved by the multitude of any host. A mighty man is not delivered by much strength, the psalmist writes in the 33rd Psalm. And horse is vain, thine for safety, neither shall he deliver any by his great strength. Behold, the eye of the Lord is upon them that fear him, upon them that hope in his mercy to deliver their soul from death and to keep them alive in famine. Our soul waiteth for the Lord. He is our help and our shield problem is we we have a hard time accepting that for you see our calling brethren paul wrote in first corinthians chapter 126 how that not many wise after the flesh not many mighty not many noble are called but god has chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise and god has chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty and the base things of the world and the things which are despised Hath God chosen, yea, things which are not, to bring to naught things that are, that no flesh shall glory in his presence. See, he wants you to see how great he is, but he can as long as you think that you're the greatest. And that's the message of our churches today. You know, I've often said, and I'll keep repeating this, you know, this modern Christianity, it says, you know, we're not going to, you come here, we're not going to make you feel guilty. We're not going to tell you what's wrong in your life. We're not going to mention the word sin. Uh, you come here and you'll leave here believing in yourself. You're awesome. Well, no wonder we won't see the might and the power of God. We're being pushed this Christianity that goes against what the scripture says. Jesus said, apart from me, you can do nothing. John chapter 15. God wants us. Look at the last verse, and I'm about to close here. I know I've been a little longer than usual, but look at verse 31. Uh, but they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. To wait means to trust. To wait means to trust with expectancy. James kind of talked about this in the first chapter of the book of James. If he, any of you lack wisdom, ask of God. He'll give it to you. But nothing wavering, he says. When you ask him, you, you, you need to ask expecting. That's what waiting on God is. I trust him completely and absolutely. I'm, I'm not just going, Lord, can you help me out here? Can you give me some wisdom? Can you tell me what, what your eternal purpose is, is in, in this situation that I'm facing? What is it that you want me to learn? What is it that you want to change in my life? What is it that I don't see that you want me to see? Without any expectancy. And then the Hebrew word renew. They shall renew their strength. The word means to change. Let me tell you what God wants to change. He wants you to change your strength for his. 
God wants you and me to change your strength for his. And, and, and I close this morning by telling you something that, that perhaps you haven't considered. That that very difficulty that you might be going through may be God just trying to make the change. When, when somebody says, oh, dear God, give me faith that moves mountains. Oh, you, man, I just, you be careful asking things like that. Because what God is going to have to do is going to have to strip you of everything that you trust and everything that you have your faith in to the place where the only thing that is left is him. That's not too bad. Amen. Oh, dear God. I want your power and I want your strength. There was probably not a man used in history like the Apostle Paul. And there was no doubt that the power of God was in his life. I love Paul. I, I just, I love this book. You know, I, I, if you read this book, you'll, you'll find out real quickly that the people in the Bible, they were, they were just like you and me. But, 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 you know, there just seems like, no, no, pastor, this is, this is the Christianity, right? No, pastor, they, they, they were not like you and me. They, they had it less together than we do. Really? I love the transparency of Scripture. And Paul is giving us insight of why God's power, that power that, that, that is transferred from your abilities, your talent, uh, your strength, and, and your knowledge to to tap into God's resources and his power. They shall renew their strength. The idea of the eagles, in, even in old ages, and as they dive into the ocean to strip themselves of all of their feathers so that new ones will come out and they, they are renewed. and they, You know, that, that's the idea behind that. God wants you to turn over to change your strength for his strength but that will never happen unless he takes you where sometimes you you and i don't want to go paul gave testimony of this and in second corinthians chapter 12 he says unless i should be exalted above measure through the abundance of revelations there was given to me a thorn in the flesh a messenger of satan to buffet me lest i should be exalted above measure for this thing I besought the Lord twice, that it might depart from me. And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities. That means when I'm sick, in reproaches, when people uh, reproach me, when they challenge me, in necessities, when I'm in need, in persecution and distress for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Now, let, let me tell you what Paul's saying. 
Paul's saying, you know, uh, I have a problem. It's called pride. I've always said, Paul and me have a problem. Me and Paul. Paul and me. Me and Paul. Nobody else has it. Just Paul and me. It's called pride. I love how he is transparent enough to put it in this book so that you and I can read it. We're talking about one of the greatest, probably perhaps the greatest Christian that ever lived. And he said, you want to know why the power of God was in my life? I was just so full of myself. And God saw the need because he knows how vain I am and the great privileges that were given unto me. We're talking about this, caring about you know, how he ascended to third heaven. and Remember that? And, but he's saying, you know, for this reason, because God knows me and how vain uh, I am and how prone I am to, 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 to be proudful, he, he, he sent a thorn on my side. See, God's going to have to deal with your pride and mine. And I'll tell you something, when God starts dealing with your pride and mine, we're not going to like it. Paul didn't like it. I, I always, you know, I, I, I always chuckle at those Christians say, oh, but just give it to me, man. Just, I just, I want it straight, man. I just, I, I, I love when, no, no, you don't. No, you don't. When God starts dealing with you and me, we don't like it. Paul didn't like it. He asked the Lord three times. He said, you know, Lord, uh, you know, can you kind of, can you take this away from me? No. You know, Lord, uh, just think how much better, you know, historians and scholars say that it was probably some physical ailment, some, some, some physical problem that he had. Just think how much better I can serve you if I, if I didn't have this problem. Can, can you take it from me? No. Lord, you know what, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to be around the bush. I'm just, look, the truth is, it bothers me. Can, can you take this from me? No. No. You see, in order for me to show you my power, I need to render you weak. Because my strength is perfected in weakness. And Paul learned that lesson and he lived it the rest of his life. That's how he made it to the end of his course. From that moment on, everything that came to his life, he interpreted it under that light. Whatever it was, whether it was a sickness, whether it was a need, you, you ever think that, that, that God means for you to go through, through the need that you're going? You ever think that maybe, that, you know, well, it's not God's will for any of his children to be sick. Whoa, wow. Well, Paul was. And he asked God to take it away from him three times. God said no. F folks, are you understanding Now, I want to remind you of one thing. He's talking of, about, about people. He's talking to people. He's trying to encourage people that had failed him. That were in captivity and suffering the consequence of their disobedience to God. But our God is so wonderful. He said, you know, you pay attention to these things. You can renew your strength. And soar like an eagle. That's a blessing to know. 
You ever heard somebody say, well, thank God, God is the God of the second chance. Uh, I don't believe that. My goodness, I think I used up the second one the first day. Talk to me. God is not the God of a second chance. How wonderful is our God. Amen. Well, I, I, I'm sorry, guys. I, just, I get excited for you. There's, you know, just, what's going on? What, what, what are you facing? Well, I kind of sense like he's not, no, he knows everything. He sees everything. He's not lost sight of you. He's not apathetic. He's not indifferent. You need to get with his plan. God doesn't have the slightest intention of encouraging your ambitions unless they have something to do with eternity. I'm sorry, I just discouraged some people. I meant to encourage you, I'm discouraging you. He's eternal. And you will forever have problems if you don't understand that. He is Lord. Or should I say, He should be. That means the one that governs, the one that controls. So either you're in control of your life or He's in control of your life. Which is it? And let's be honest, most of everything that discourages us is because we make a mess of things. That's why Israel found themselves where they were. But even then, God is encouraging them. Find strength in the Lord. Father, thank you. Your word is true. Thank you for these truths from Scripture that, that are faithful and trustworthy. We can live by them. We can trust them. Please, I pray that you, you would be with the brothers and sisters in this room that have been battling and going through a few things. Thank you that you are the God that you are. Not just God, but a caring God, a loving God, a merciful God, a God full of grace that means to show us his might, his power, his omniscience, his sovereignty. Bless the word of God to our lives that we would live it and apply it and live in courage that we, we serve a great and a wonderful God. Glorify yourselves in the midst of whatever we're facing that we will show how great you are as you show us our weakness, and that strength is found in you. In Jesus' name, amen.